Am I making any sense? Go. Okay. <laughs> All right. My friends, we have another episode of Am I Making Sense? Today, I am very happy to have with us a hilarious comedian. She can be found performing at the world-famous comedy store, Laugh Factory, various other clubs throughout LA, or you could listen to her on her podcast, The Late Night Mom Show. Please, everyone, give it up for Lynn's son. <laughs> oh, that's Thank what you. That's yeah. what we dream for. That's what we dream of. Yep. <laughs> I, I, what I do, I go and I, I book like 18 Uber drivers and I bring them all into my garage and they all have to applaud. <laughs> I hit the, I go, when I hit the button, guys, you got to clap. <laughs> well, that's my little secret. <laughs> hey, so I, I've seen your comedy on, uh, on the Zoom shows uh -huh. together. And I've also seen your clips online. You have some really funny stuff about parenting <laughs> and life. But I, I wanted to ask you a question. So from one stand-up parent to another stand-up parent, uh -huh. give me your opinion. What is worse, unsolicited parenting advice or unsolicited comedy advice? Oh, fuck. I'd rather have unsolicited comedy advice. Okay. I would rather have that. I don't like unsolicited parenting advice. It's a little touchy. Here's why. Here's why for me personally, because I already feel like I'm not good at it. Yeah. So it's more my problem. You know, it's right. not the person giving the advice. They're not the problem. It's me. I'm insecure. I don't think I'm doing a good job. So when they give me advice, trying to help, I feel like another, that's another thing I'm not doing right. Yeah. It's like they're chastising you or something. Well, yeah, but they don't mean that though. No, they're trying to help. But yeah. uh, it's interesting. You say that about, you feel like you're not a good parent because it, are there parents out there? who walk around with the confidence that they think that they're doing. There probably are, right? Because I are. feel like I'm a horrible parent too. And <laughs> I'm sure terrible. My, my wife, she probably struggles. She's complaints. Oh, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Because yeah. you always feel like, I know kids are robust, but you feel like you can damage them. But I wonder if there are parents <laughs> out there who just walk around going, yeah, I've got this shit. Yeah. I know <laughs> you know what I, I think, think it there is? Are. I, think it, I think there are. I think what it is, it's, it's the level of insecurity there's different yeah. levels so for those parents they they for the most part think they're pretty good at it but they have moments of oh man i'm not doing this right versus i mostly think i'm not doing it right and have moments of i'm a pretty good parent yeah you know what i'm saying 100%. <laughs> yeah so i think there's some parents who are like made for it they love it yeah that is true you know they they they, they live for it they wake up and that's all they want to do yeah yeah. No, that is true. And I do see that. I, I, my kids are at a volunteer school, so uh -huh. they're probably more often than most people would be out of school. And I, there are some parents and they are actually killing it. Yeah. 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 Like I'll see like, you know, Santa shaped cookies oh, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> they're like fresh baked. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And their you kids know? always seem so perfect and well-behaved. And well, I, I shouldn't complain. My girls mostly are pretty well-behaved too. I mean, they have their, <laughs> we all have our moments, right? Yeah. But yeah, uh, for sure. For the <laughs> I just cussed on this podcast. Was that yeah, okay? No, you know, it happens a lot. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll try. I'll try. I wouldn't worry me. about it. That's another <laughs> yeah. thing. That's another thing that my wife and kids call me out on is they can hear when I'm dropping F-bombs or cussing <laughs> in here. And so sometimes for more for the open mics, mm. I worry about, cause you know, I, I like to touch on everything. So I, you know, whatever, I'll say some crazy shit. And, um, 
the podcasts, I think, are at times maybe where it doesn't get to them, but the, the open mics, they're always kind of around where they can hear me. And they're, and later they'll say, daddy, <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, this podcast is, it's all about uh, fucking shit. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. It's not a clean, it's not clean. Cause I always thought your when I saw your comedy, I was like, oh, I guess he's a clean comic. You're not a clean comic. No. Oh, actually it's interesting. You said that because I just did a podcast with uh, Jacob Williams. You probably uh-huh. been on a few mics with him. And uh, we were talking about clean comedy because I think of him as a clean comic. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I go, well, what's your definition of, or what do you feel clean is? Because sometimes, so I love, I don't overuse fuck, but it's probably mm. one of my favorite words. I think it's a really hilarious word. And as right. you know, just doing comedy fuck at the right moment, actually that enhances, yeah. It enhances everything. It's yeah. like a whipped cream on a Sunday, right? <laughs> You can right. have a Sunday, but if you throw some whipped cream, it's that much better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, where was I going with this? So with clean, I don't consider myself clean because I have that kind of that part of the set where I um, I um, talk about my family and just my work and whatnot, and mm-hmm. nothing goes there. But I can really change gears. <laughs> right. I think you know. I think the showcase we were on that might've been streaming. And so I go, ah, I won't, oh. I don't know who's watching. So maybe I'll just, I'll go with this stuff, but yeah, no, I'm working on some stuff this week. That's pretty, uh, not, that's safe. N- not clean, <laughs> not, yeah. not Facebook live. Clean, no. not Disney clean. <laughs> yeah. I get confused too. Cause I'm like, okay, clean. So I've learned to ask. I'm like, okay, so is it Disney clean? Yes. Or is it late night talk show clean? Right. Because innuendo, like there's jokes that clean comics will say that's definitely innuendo. Right, and then right, as both, right. we go, oh, we know what the fuck you're talking about. But right. then he doesn't cuss. Yeah. So you go, uh, okay. And nothing blue. Yeah. Clean. But like Disney clean, it's like, you can't even, Yeah. you know, you can't even hint at it. No. <laughs> you no. can't hint at sex or anything. It's just no. got to be family friendly. Five-year-old can watch it, you know? Yeah. So, I always had to clarify. <laughs> well, me too. If I, when I used to do in the physical world, before we moved into Zoom, when I would mm-hmm. see shows that said um, clean, mm-hmm. I've been to some that said clean, but for the most part, I go, I don't want to go to that one because I just want to give myself headroom because mm-hmm. I, I don't know what clean is. And I don't, I mean, I know what it, it's no cussing, yeah. but then what if I accidentally step over that boundary <laughs> doing something else? So I would just say, oh, well, you know what? I'll just go to the mics that don't have that clean only. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll play it safe. You're like, I'll just... Luckily, the parenting stuff for me is clean. Yeah. You know, the parenting stuff we always have under our belt. You know, when somebody wants a clean show, it's like, and they love the parenting stuff. Well, but even my parenting stuff, I had a pretty, I used to have a pretty long bit about like the kids and farting. Uh- that's I guess not dirty. Farting, farting's okay, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, farting's still clean. But. That's so funny that you like fart jokes. No, and I boys don't it. ever grow up. No. My son likes fart jokes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And oh, my kids, love, my girls love fart jokes too. But yeah, I don't think a fart joke ever goes out of style for me. I don't know. Probably most men. Do you think having your kid has made you funnier? I wouldn't have started stand-up without my kid. Oh my God. Yeah, I wouldn't have started. I started when I was 38. Okay. So I started later in life. Um, but without him, I wouldn't have had the balls to do it. Right. Like once you become a parent, if you could probably agree with me, like you just think, what could be harder? 
Well, what could be ha- what could be harder than parenting? Yeah, it's <laughs> you know. Uh, well, I think being a mother is is harder too mm-hmm. because my perspective is, um, you know, I would definitely say I, it was it changed how I saw things. I, I didn't realize how taxing motherhood is for those well, first yeah. few years, especially if you're nursing the baby. Yeah. Like um, for the first, basically here was our deal. Our first year, uh, year they, my wife was still nursing the babies, right? Mm-hmm. So she goes, well, I'm just going to get up at night. And I went back to work right away, right? Like after mm-hmm. the baby was born. And then, um, and then she goes, but then after a year, I want you to get up whenever they wake up can bottle feed them. Yeah. And my oldest, Oh my God, Lynn, she did not (laughs) sleep the night until she was six years old. (laughs) No, no. Well, she had a lot of different, um, she had nosebleed problems Mm. and she had growing pain problems where her legs and back, she would cry at night. Um, and so I, I just spent a lot of time with her on, in the even uh, nights, like early mornings, late nights. Yeah. Uh, so my wife did get off. She, she was, she won the deal on that one. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like okay, <laughs> one year versus five years, but I don't know. But the thing is, is like with kids, they always want to run to their mama when yeah. they are really. So even as a dad, you're kind of like, oh, I want to, I want to help out, but they don't want your help. They want to go. <laughs> yeah, because they they were inside our bellies for yes. like nine months. You know. Yeah. And they were with us for, you know, when we had maternity leave, they're, they're attached. Yep. They're att- I always said that. I always, th- I always thought to myself, I wonder if dads feel, I don't think that, okay, how do I phrase this? I don't think dads will under ever understand how moms feel about their kids. I don't, right. Because we have that certain attachment to them. Well, you know, you may have uh, learned about this when you were going through whatever the training was, but um, for women who have twins, this is how in sync a mom and a baby is when women have twins. If they put one on, like let the baby sleep on their chest, that their body actually regulates to the temperatures of the babies. Mm-hmm. So you know how all our temperatures are a little bit off. So like right. this baby is 98, seven, and this baby's 98, eight or something like that. Yeah. Her, her body will make those little adjustments. So I believe after having, you know, been a parent and seen, um, kind of this process. I, I do believe that the mom and the kid, there's a biological yeah. link that the father doesn't have. Yeah. The, the father, the kind of, I would say the bonding doesn't kick in until the kids start talking. <laughs> Aww, that's yeah. when, you know, the, yeah, you the, can communicate and, and they can comprehend what you're saying. And yeah. 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 Aww. But, but I agree with you. So I, the reason I wanted to get your opinion on if you think your kid is, is funnier, I think they do make you funnier. Yeah. But even in ways you don't really understand because when you watch them goofing around, <laughs> you almost have to switch gears, right? Yeah. And you, and you switch gears and then you're kind of on their level and you go, whoa, this is kind of fun. And like, they, they don't have these filters mm, when they're yeah. working and playing, you can kind of observe them and go, wow, I think a lot of that would play well in a comedy act too, <laughs> you know, <Cute>. the silliness. <laughs> but your comedy is silly. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're so I think I, I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to do with stand-up comedy, but I, 
I definitely have a dad vibe. A yeah, dad joke vibe. For sure. Where I write jokes. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that you write jokes. I'm tired of like listening to comics who don't write jokes. Yeah. I'm it sorry I, if I offended somebody with that statement. <laughs> well, but like, you know what? I there is. I think at our level, there's a lot of stand-up comics who are into more of the story. That doesn't mean you can't write a joke. That that just means yes. you're supposed to put a punchline in yeah. your story. Yeah. You know? I agree. No, me and you agree 100%. I think yeah. there's a lot of people, when you watch, okay, let's break this down, right? Uh-huh. You watch someone like a Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. uh, or, or, no, Bill Burr is another perfect example, right? You think you're in a story. You think you are. As an audience, you go, oh, he's telling me a story. But if you go back and you actually listen, you go, no, there's punchlines throughout there. And if not punchlines, there's some kind of act outs or there's something yeah, happening something. where probably I've never done this. I should do this. I'm geeky enough to try this, but get a stopwatch. <laughs> uh-huh. And then when you're in a comedian's um, story, uh, like stop or do a What's that called? A mark every time there's a punch comes. Yeah. And you'll realize they, it's kind of, they could be doing one-liners. I think, I think I'm speculating right now, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It's still, it's still like a punchline every 10 seconds or so. Yeah. You know? So how often do you write? Um, My process with writing, I never sit down to to write. That doesn't work for me. So when I sit down and I'm trying to write, I don't think of jokes. Like I don't, it does, that doesn't, I don't do that. So the way I write is either in the shower. Oh, nice. (laughs) In the car. When I'm driving in the car, it's very meditative. And, and I, I actually don't drive fast for that reason. Yeah. Um, or when I'm just talking to my friends. So if I'm talking to my friends, I'm texting my friends, whatever. And I think I say something and I'm like, oh, that can, I can craft that into a stage joke. Then I'll write that down. Yeah. That's how I do it. And then I work it out at an open mic. I'm not a ranter. <laughs> I, it's interesting you t- talk about the conversation. Yeah. Because up and until this pandemic, mm-hmm. I never thought of conversations I have with friends and family as a source. Yeah. But what I realized now. Huge. Yeah. That if you like, if there's a person you like talking to, yep. you end up working in a lot of zingers to just entertain <laughs> each other. And so yeah. I've been trying that. Some stuff has come up in the in conversations I've had with people where it makes us both laugh or maybe it just makes me laugh. And I go, yeah. I wonder, yeah, is there something here that would work on stage? Yeah, for sure. And so I've been doing that lately. I've been trying yeah. to remember and and write down things that happen in conversations that I don't know keep me entertained, <laughs> so to speak. But see, but the thing is, you know, to like you say it in conversation, and you're like, oh, I, I, you know, this, maybe this can work on stage, and then you work it to where it works on stage. Versus some people don't know how to do that, so they just say the exact same way. Yeah. Does that make sense? So it doesn't translate the same. So conversationally funny is not the same as stand-up funny. You just have to know how to craft the joke yeah. into a setup punch or whatever it is you want to craft it into. Yeah. Right. Stand-up comedy is hard. <laughs> it, no, it hasn't been easy. And I would say zoom has not helped. I think, <laughs> well, no. Okay. Let me clarify this. Um, yeah. I, I think Zoom has been great for exactly like what's happening here. I'm meeting people yeah. going to different rooms. I've I've been trying to do podcasts now with people from all different markets. And so that's been great. 
but I don't know how to read a, read a Zoom audience. And so uh. feel like I'm monologuing all the time. Um, <laughs> and I, I know that there are comics out there who are figuring out how to do really well in Zoom rooms. Uh-huh. Because I've had a lot of fun in Zoom rooms. And something is happening and I go, it doesn't feel the same as being in a club or no. an open mic. But something is happening here that's funny and entertaining. And I think we probably just have to keep uh, evolve on it, but I haven't figured it out. I, oh man, I just feel um, very disconnected every time I do it, but I'm just doing it because <laughs> what else are we going to do? But yeah. Hey, you're down South, you're in LA. So have you yeah. going back to physical in-person mics? Um, there are outdoor in-person mics now, but yeah. I haven't gone to them because I don't want to pay for a sitter. Yes. <laughs> Cause so I, I'm a single mom, right? So yeah. Um, it's not like I can't can leave him with his dad or yeah. whatever, you know, so I would have to pay somebody and I don't want to do that. So I'm just doing the zoom mics. And you know what I like about zoom is that it's really strengthened my writing skills. That's what That's, zoom is for. Yes. You have to be a really good writer to do well on zoom. Right. Because then you don't have a lot of space to run around and act out and all that. So you just gotta, it's all in your words. Um, so that's why I like about zoom. But um, so yes, there are open mics that are outdoors now, but I have I I haven't done any, but I am going to Vegas tomorrow and I have a show on Friday, which is in person. Oh, nice. Live. But Vegas is not as strict. Yeah, Vegas is right. kind of yeah. Yeah, with uh yeah, some of the other ones. Um <laughs> some of those other states. Yeah. They're you know, but they're probably also not as crazy as LA with the numbers. Our COVID numbers. So yeah, high. California. We thought we got away with one, didn't we? And then it <laughs> circled back and said, not so fast. I know. <laughs> and we got pummeled. It's a whole year. Months. We've been oh. in this for a whole year. It's a year now. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. But you're actually, so to circle back what you had said about the writing, mm -hmm. the comics I see doing well are the ones where you can tell they get up and all of their jokes are very concise. They're quick. They know yeah. where to land. And, and that's a writing exercise. Yeah. It is a performance exercise also, but I would say you could do a lot of the heavy lifting on the writing side. Yeah. On Zoom. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so you said you started after, when was your first open mic? When did you start comedy? What was the thing to kind of get you out there? Oh, well, so, um, I had a kid, always wanted to do stand up. You know what's crazy? What's My that? friend somebody somebody messaged me earlier today and was yeah. like, "Am I crazy or did I see you on the Steve Harvey show as a as an audience member?" And I used to watch Steve Hardy Harvey in the audience, you know, live audience, because uh -huh. I thought he was so funny and like every time I was in the audience, I always thought to myself, "Man, I wish I was a comedian." Oh. This was like in 2000, you know, like whenever I was watching it and I'm like I wish I was a comedian. I wish I was a comedian, but I'm like, it's so hard. How do I even start doing that? Yeah. And then one day I Googled stand-up comedy and I found classes. Nice. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, I could take a class. You mean I can learn how yeah. to be a stand-up? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, um, and then when I took the class, I'm like, well, I'll just take it and see if I like it. Cause I may hate it. Yeah. It looks hard as hell. And it's just, it's even harder than it looks. Right. So, um, I took it and then I fell in love with it. And I was like, this is, this is my home. This is what I'm born to do. Um, so, but it, I wouldn't have done it without a class. Yeah. And it was the class that said, you have to go to an open mic. Right. And I paid for this class. I, I don't have that kind of money to just, here's $500 to just willy nilly, you know? Yeah. 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 
So I like listened to everything that uh, the coach told me and just did that. <laughs> and then, so what is it? What do you think it was that keeps you coming back? Because I think a lot of people try it and then maybe they say they do really well for a week. So I've only been doing it two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in that two and a half years, I've seen so many people drop off who I knew were very gung-ho for a time. And that's only yeah. two and a half years. I mean, imagine over a decade, how many people drop off. What do you think it was that kept you coming back? Um, well, first of all, it's challenging in a way that I like to be challenged. I like this kind of challenge where, okay, I have to write the joke. I got to craft the joke. I got to write a punchline and it has to be clever and well-written and, you know, all those little things. Um, I also like performing a lot. So anytime I get to perform, yeah, you know, that's big for me. Um, but, um, I didn't know that stand up was going to even be even bigger for me than acting. Yeah. Cause I used to act and I love acting in a drama surprisingly. Okay. Like I don't like comedic. I'm, I'm not as good at comedic acting for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, stand up. What I love about it is I can be myself. This is the first time. Look, I can be myself. I can have my hair messy. Yeah. I can wear whatever. And what's important is what's coming out of my mouth. The words, not yeah. how I look. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. that part I love about stand up, And, um, I just think that when it's something that I'm truly like, it's like true love. Yeah. You're married, you know, true yeah. love, you you know, no matter how hard it is, you still love it. Right. So the people who drop off, it's probably just not true love. They did stand up for like a stepping stone to a sitcom. Yeah. You know, or it's something where this is another thing I think a lot of people do. I think they become enamored with what could be, but they don't oh, yeah. realize what is. It's and hard. What is, <laughs> is, is a bunch of, like you said, you're writing stuff that is funny to you, but it may never land with other people. Yeah. You're also going out and you're driving around. <laughs> yeah. And you're having to be out late. Maybe. And obviously we all got jobs in the morning, so maybe you can't wake up on time. And so then they realize, oh, what is, is a lot more work than yeah. can be. So, right. Because, right. Because when you watch Chris Rock on stage, you think, oh, yeah. he's just talking and he's funny. Yeah. My coworkers laugh. I could do that. You know what yes. I mean? <laughs> but you're like, no, he's he, he practiced a lot, you know? Yeah. My right. buddy always says that, too, about how people he's he's been doing comedy a long time. But he he's, he talks about all the people who try to step up at open mics and go, oh, I could do this. <laughs> yeah. I'm funny. And they may even be making the guys they're with laughing in the back more than yeah. the comics on stage. They're making yeah. all their buddies laugh and, and then they get a turn up there. And then so, Oh, it's like silent. Yeah. It's like yeah. And only their buddies are kind of awkwardly laughing and everyone else is just watching. I don't see it. But yeah, I think a lot of people are very, they think they could do it, but then you realize, yeah. Oh, it's kind of a grind. So you touched on acting. Mm-hmm. Um, do the two, I guess, disciplines, do you find that they complement each other? Yes. It's okay. exactly the same. Really? In terms, in terms of discipline, in terms of discipline and practice and, you know, yeah. the grind. Because when I was an actor, when I didn't know that I had it in me to be a stand-up comedian, when I was studying acting, I did, the ex- I did it the exact same way. Yeah. I took classes. I did a lot of auditions. I um, practiced uh, my, you know, I took, I took the classes very seriously. I would treat every class like it was an audition. I tape myself, I'd watch it. It's like the same, it's exact same thing. Okay. You know, and I'd study myself and you know, what's crazy though, is that comedy is actually comes from a very dark place, right? For me, it comes from a very dark place. And I think that's where the drama helps. Okay. 
you know what I'm trying to say? Because my yeah. comedy can be very dark, and I because I had a dark past. Yeah. But I'm able to like take it and make it in you know write punchlines for it. Yeah. Which thank God would <laughs> be depressing as fuck. You know. I <laughs> I've been thinking about all the stuff that this 2020 has brought us, right? Yeah. And I go, oh my God, we need to have a sense of humor more than ever. <laughs> I know. In the history of humanity. If people weren't finding things to laugh about this last year, I feel really bad for them. Yeah. And I know there were people who, they haven't had anything to laugh about this year, but I, I'm just thinking like, just as a general, I don't know, need for society right now. Like people need to be laughing and maybe we can't laugh at all the shit that's happened this last year, but we need to be laughing at something. Something. <laughs> because some I don't comic see- relief. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see any other way to relieve the- the pressure that was 2020 and 2021 yeah. didn't exactly shape up to be start too well either. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so you've had the, the actual classes you've been doing stand-up comedy. What's some of the best tips that you've had um, doing from other people who do stand-up comedy or people you look up to from my teacher. So have you heard of Bobby Oliver? I uh, have not. Dow Comedy Studio. So if you ever wanted to do one of her open, open mics, it's also virtual, but it's LA time. So um, Bobby Oliver was one of my first coaches. Okay. And what she taught me that I will never forget. Well, first she said to be authentic and she's not about formulas, right? She's not about like bait and switch and, you know, writing those things. She's just like, just write it. And then the joke will come to you. Right. So she helps you like flesh it out and find the joke. But anyway, so one thing that really stuck to me was she said, men dominate open mics. There's a lot of men at open mics, but women dominate real audiences Uh. at a club. So if you can make women laugh, you will make a club laugh. You will do well in a club. Oh, interesting. Right. So a lot of people don't know that. So then they, uh, they try to go to all these open mics, right. And they want to make all the men laugh. Uh, (laughs) so then they become like an open mic comic like a comics comic right so then when they perform in front of a real audience the only people laughing are their comic buddies like in the back yeah you know what i'm saying so they're not playing to real audience so once i heard that it stuck with me so i kept going to all women's open mics Mm. because i knew that if my material worked at an all women's mic it'll work in a club which is my goal right to perform in an audience So that was one of the things that always stuck to me. And I always tell people this, but no one really listens. (laughs) Like they don't believe me because everybody wants to do the thing where they're like, I want to play to every audience and I want to make everybody laugh, which is true. But it's inevitable. Like not everyone's going to think you're funny. No. Right. It's just a matter of taste. And and I do think it's interesting. You brought up the open mic crowd Mm -hmm. because I've heard other comics talk about this who actually tour and go to other parts and the, general consensus is that, you know, when you go to just different parts, let's say of America, or even different parts of California, Mm -hmm. what people who go to the clubs want there are very different than what works in your open (laughs) mic rooms. I know. You know, (laughs) it's just, I think, I think a lot of comics, um, you know, they like to get caught up in very uh, conceptual stuff maybe, or not even conceptual stuff. They like to get into very detailed type stuff that the rest of America may have not even caught up with. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. We're talking about stuff that they go, I, they get the news, but maybe they haven't heard of that particular thing. And they're like, I don't know. It's over my head. Right. So 
I have heard generally kind of what you, what you said there, where when you're in clubs, it's not going to be anything like your open mic. Experience. <laughs> like your open mic buddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, and just being yourself is a big one. Cause a lot of comedians, I feel like well, when I first started, I was already an open person. So I started talking about my past pretty quick, but I, I see that a lot of newer ones like a month in or two, yeah. they, they don't start off deep. Yeah. Does that make sense? They start off very like more observational, more yes. fluffy things about their life, you know? Yeah. It, well, and I also think that's probably the easiest stuff to work on, right? You don't yeah. want to make things too hard. Yeah. And you'll be on stage wrestling with whatever you're, <laughs> you're dealing with and trying to remember a joke. Yeah, and you're like, like, oh no. <laughs> you're like trying to heal through your traumatic experience yeah, yeah, that yeah. you're trying to talk about. <laughs> I heard an interview with Tiffany Haddish and she said that she said one time she went on stage and just tried to work out something that had happened to her during the day. Uh-huh. And it was like a fucked up thing with her mom. I forget exactly what the story was, but she started crying on stage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then they thought it was part of the act. And so they were <laughs> laughing even more. And then, so she, she kind of got like, no, fuck you or whatever, whatever happened. But she said, but I think her takeaway from that was like, don't touch on things too soon. If you're not ready. Yeah. In your act. Mm -hmm. If you haven't processed it in, um, you know, real life. Yeah. Yes. So. What is your what does your little one think of you do of mommy doing stand up comedy? Is he he doesn't know you? all he all he knows is that he goes I he knows that I tell jokes but and he starts telling jokes but his jokes are like why did the robot cross the road yeah because it was programmed by a chicken ha 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 and then he thinks <laughs> and that's funny like that. <laughs> I'm a dad I like these kind of jokes I like jokes like that too because they're they're so cute yeah yeah, yeah and um so he that's what that's what he thinks I'm doing. <laughs> ah, got it yeah 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 so every time i'm on a zoom show uh -huh. you know or whatever he thinks that, that i'm just saying jokes like that the yeah. whole time <laughs> that's so adorable i know and he's seen me on stage like on tv like he looked he watched from backstage on a monitor okay so he's seen that so he kind of seen me on tv yeah you know which was really cool yeah. but he doesn't comprehend it all yet he doesn't know like what stand-up comedy is. He's about to find out though, because I do a lot of material about him. <laughs> that was another question I had for you. Uh -huh. So I don't bring all of the family stuff on stage. <laughs> I um, you know, the fart stuff, that's great. Yeah. And some of the stuff me and my wife get into sometimes. Do, what kind of boundaries do you have with your family as far as take because you take someone like, you know, um Ali Wong. Yeah. And her special, I always wonder like. Is her husband, I, he has to be okay with everything. Yeah, he, he is because I went to her show live once and yeah. after the show, he was selling merch. <laughs> like, he yeah. was literally selling merch. He was Prop. the merch guy. It's like, good yeah. joke, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But see, the thing is, you have a wife. Yeah. I don't have a husband. I don't have to be considerate That's of true. the husband. But what about the kid? Is there anything that like with you and your kid that you won't bring on stage? Uh, no, nope. <laughs> I don't have any boundaries, <laughs> but you know what? I will, once he's old enough to understand it. Mm. And if he was like, I don't, I'm not comfortable with you talking about such and such, then I'll, I'll respect that. Got it. Right. But right now, even if I make fun of him, really what I'm making fun of is me being a bad mom. Yes. 
you know, what all I mean? the irony around the, the yeah. struggle. Right. It's not really like he's a bad kid. It's just, yeah, I'm a fucked up mom to like be thinking these things. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but until he understands it, all bets are off. Shoot. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm just going to say whatever. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> because I spanked, I spanked him once when he was three years old. Yeah. He wasn't listening to me and this, we were in quarantine and I was so frustrated and I scared him with a wooden spoon. Oh, you nice. know? <laughs> I like, yeah. and then like, um, I, and I tapped him on the butt and it wasn't even hard because I felt bad. Yeah. Right. So like I tapped him on the butt and then he told his sitter. Oh, <laughs> no. I was like, oh, but I turned it into a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what we're always doing. Right. I turned it into. Uh, yeah. Man, you know what, you know what my mom used to hit us with? She had like a, like this, um, you know, the closet rod, you hang in the, uh, the things that you hang. Yeah. She had one like cut, like a nunchuck. Like she's a oh, shit. goddamn martial arts master or something. And she would hit, hit us with that thing. Would you get it with a spoon when you're a kid? I'm sure no, you No, got- my dad used to smack me with his hand. He was. Yeah. My- Different times. Different times, man. Yeah. My, I have jokes about my dad being abusive too. And it's like, yeah. it took me a while to understand how to make dark jokes funny. Yeah. Because in the beginning when I said it, I think people just felt bad for me. Oh yeah. You don't want that. You don't right, want, right, well, right. you want, yeah. You, you want, you don't want the pity laughter. You want the genuine, like. Right. The genuine, like, oh, clever joke. That's funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I talk about it all the time. He's <laughs> back then. Come on. My, our parents were never, I don't know if your parents were like this, but I don't remember my parents ever asking me how I felt. No, they were never like, let's express your feelings, sweetheart. Tell me how you feel about everything. No. They didn't freaking care. No, <laughs> it was, they were busy with whatever. And when they weren't busy with whatever they were doing, then they were, you know, getting into the beer and wine or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> to survive. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I had good parents. I don't, yeah. I don't complain too much. They were good, but it's like, it was just different times. You got beat, you got yelled at. I don't think your parents were that interested in, um, You know, like life was just, well, this is actually a good topic to get into. I think right now the expectations on parents is a little too high. (laughs) It is. You know, I look back at what my parents had to deal with and it was like, they had, you know, unemployment on a pretty regular basis. We had to move around. Like they had serious, like where they were stressed, like, where are we going to live? And then guess what? You got four kids tagging along too. So <laughs> I, I, me and my wife, we're, we haven't had, I mean, knock on wood, I should knock on wood. we haven't had any financial struggles yet with the kids. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, um, and even, and they go to a nice school, we haven't moved. And even then when I get really upset, I go, I know why my parents hit me. <laughs> like I, I try yeah. to turn that into an act. Like it used to be before I had kids, I would <laughs> kind of resent my parents. I'm like, why did, yeah. why did they do all that? And then I had kids. I go, Oh, children are right. psychopaths. <laughs> I get it now. I can't see that. Children are push, psychopaths. I'm telling you they push your buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know how they, but you know what? I, I, this is what I, I believe that every parent child combination is a perfect combination. That's what I believe. Right. I believe that life gives us the perfect child for us and we're the perfect parents for the kids experience, Yeah, you know, because I'm a single parent. So if I didn't have some as an easygoing kid, yeah, 
like my son, this would be a very different podcast right now. <laughs> be cap guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But luckily, he's independent and he kind of understands. Oh, like great. he has to know how to make his own breakfast or wake up and turn on the TV and do his own thing and let mommy sleep in a little bit. Like he gets it. Yeah. You know, that's great. And thank, thank you for like not having a baby daddy around because yeah. that's another thing I have to deal with. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> My wife has said this on more than one occasion. <laughs> I feel like I have three children. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, yeah, I'm failing at parenting and husband and, and being a husband. So um, how long but, have you, how long have you been married? Um, 16 years. Damn. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. I, I agree with your uh, sentiment 100%. I think the people in our life, our children, our family, yeah. whatever, it's like, it doesn't always feel right, but it's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Like our parents, like how we were so annoyed with them, but they're the perfect parent for us. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they, you know, there are times when they were messed up, but. I agree with that. You're man, this has turned into a real feel good podcast. <laughs> I didn't think we were going, but 100%, I agree with you. That's funny. Like you're not every person in your life. You think about it. You're like, man, mm-hmm. that didn't go to the way I wanted it to go. Right. It's not about the way you want it. It's about yeah. the way things need to evolve in a certain way. Right. Right. And that's, it takes everything that happens in order for right. us to get there. Um, I wanted to get into it about podcasting too. So okay. I know you have a, a podcast and a YouTube page, right? We, YouTube. Yeah. yeah we got a YouTube page. So. Um, what got you into podcasting, vlogging, and then um, what is it you like about that? And then I also want to know, do you feel that has some complimentary stuff that brings to the, that you can bring to the table with stand-up comedy? You know, what's interesting. So podcasts, I like doing radio, okay. right? So I, I like doing this thing where I can sit in front of the microphone and cause I went on a serious XM radio show once and I was like, this is amazing. I want to do this, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. can you imagine you just show up as a VJ and you just talking to you? Anyway, so that's, so I always want to do radio, but listen, <laughs> I tried to do a podcast and the, the producing a podcast, I don't know how you do it, Matt, seriously, uh, because you got to trim edit it and you got to do the, the, the bumper music and then you got to upload it. And then it's just so much which versus YouTube. It's just, here it is. Yeah. I know what so you mean, I, I, I can yeah. answer that question. The production value on this podcast is so low. <laughs> I have, I have one, I I never even heard that term before. I have one little intro clip, which I guess is a bumper. Uh And then sometimes I edit the conversation, (laughs) but most of the time, whatever we talked about, however we talked about whatever causes it all goes into the podcast, which I like, I like that. I, I like it too, but it comes off. I, if I had to grade myself, I think obviously I, my podcast is a very low production value, but here's my thing. I'm not getting paid to do this. <laughs> so it's all about what, what do I like to do? And what I like to do is have conversations with other comics, just yeah. get on stuff. That's what I like. And I don't necessarily want to turn it into a very high production value mm. um, with editing or with segments or this, that, and the other, at least for now, I'm sure like we just talked about, it'll evolve. I want to try different things and maybe run it in different ways. But for now, like, let's just do an interview and chat and whatever. And wrap it up. Easy. Yeah. And, really. Um, so it's, it's something to do, but I really, I look forward to the podcast. And then what I don't like, and this is what you just touched on <laughs> is um, 
I, I, you know what I do spend time on, I create thumbs, mm-hmm. a little thumb for the, both the podcast and the YouTube page. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then of course just uploading it. But if I had to do a lot of edits with this, I probably, I wouldn't be able to I mm. wouldn't keep up because I agree with you. It's kind of tedious. Oh God. I have a whole new respect for editors. I have a whole new respect for editors, man, because they, they're sitting there staring at the clip over and over and they got to rewind and then they got to It's so tedious. And so, yeah, but I started it because, um, the YouTube page is fine because that's easier for me. I started because I was in a pandemic and I was just at home. I didn't have a job anymore because I worked in a restaurant. Okay. So I'm like, Oh, and I, I was in the kitchen drinking wine out of a bottle. <laughs> And then I was just doing these vlogs and then I was like, oh, wait, I can just make this into a show. And I like, I wanted to be a late night talk show host. You know, it sounds fun. So I'm like late night mom show. So where I talk about the shitty parts of being, of parenting by myself, you know? Um, And then I got into talking about my massage therapy days. You probably don't know about it, but like. Oh, I know. I know your act. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, I started telling the story of how I started doing erotic massages and yeah. people liked it, but I'm telling you, Matt, that the, so I started because of quarantine, huh. but the, the editing part, the behind the scenes, I'm yeah. like, I can't do this by myself. This is hard. It's very hard. I, it's what difficult. I, I tell people is, um, I've tried doing, I, I vlog from time to time too. The, the thing that I find really difficult is I can hold a conversation for long periods of times, but if I just start riffing, sometimes I get stuck, but then that's why you got to edit. Right. So, um, what I tell people is if you shoot yourself for, let's say 30 minutes and you want to edit it down to like 10 to 15 minutes, you're probably going to put in an hour and a half to two hours of work looking at it and then going, okay, I want this part out. And Mm -hmm. I want, so to put, to do the 30 minutes and then to do the hour and a half, maybe two hours, and then whatever else you're going to do, mm-hmm. yeah, it gets, uh, it does get, it gets challenging. It's not an easy thing to do. It's a lot. Cause when I first started the Lynn Sun show, which was a talk show on my couch, I had a producer I worked with who did the editing. Okay. So I just showed up with donuts, yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah, then yeah. I just talked to people. But when I went in quarantine, of course we weren't going to do that. So yeah. when I had to do everything myself, I was like, F this, this is crazy. Yeah. And I have, again, a whole level of respect for you and whoever else who does this every week. Like it's a weekly, (laughs) oh my God. But you know what I learned from it though, is that um, I had to do all this stuff in order to understand what my strengths were and Mm. like what I really wanted to do with comedy, you know? And I learned through all that in 2020 was that um, my number one passion or love was uh, stand-up, just stand-up. Yeah. None of the writing a script and- being in a sitcom and being a talk show host, it was just too much. Yeah, so yeah. I had to narrow it down to one thing that I was, so that's why starting 2021, I just hyper-focused on standup, yes. which has been working. Yeah, that's, I, I'm the exact same way. There's a lot of yeah. distractions, um, but for me, I guess I have two things. I like the podcasting and then I like the standup. But yeah. I've tried sitting down and I have these concepts in my head about different stories I want to write out. <laughs> And I'll start writing them and I go, you know what? But I have a set I need to work (laughs) or I have some jokes I want to work on. And then just like you, I mean, there's only so much time in the day and we got to put family first and then we got our Mm -hmm. jobs, we got bills to pay. And so you really, we could probably pick one to two things that we really want to do. 
mm-hmm. and make progress in. And so I I'm, came to the same conclusion as you about, you know, whatever, six months ago where I go, you know what, I need to just be happy that I can get out and do a couple, uh, an open mic once a day now. And I can do my podcast once a week. Like that's enough. Yeah. Don't think Aww. about taking on any more projects. <laughs> um, Cause it's so easy. Like, I don't know if it's like that in New York, but in LA, everybody wears every hat. Everyone's a writer, director, producer. I'm San Jose. Actor. I'm San Jose by the oh, way. Oh, I thought you were in New York. No, I'm California. Oh. With you. Yeah. Okay. So in LA, I don't know up North, but everyone's wearing every hat, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore. It's very slow paced. I mean, it's <clears> this very small stand up comedy market. We got our time. <clears> we got a very, it's a supportive, uh, community, but I think everyone's just, there's very few of us trying to, um, do this full time or do this as a living. Most of us are just, it's kind of hobby, hobby level, uh, which is why I've been so happy to be able to, um, you know, hang out with, uh, the, the big, the, the, the big guns the comedy in New beast. York and in LA <laughs> pros with, uh, this, this quarantine. What are you, oh, so what are you looking forward to most in, uh, in, in, in going back to the physical, I guess, Oh man. Well, besides the obvious, which is be on stage with in front of 200 people again and just do a live show, you know, and feel that in the moment stuff. Other than that, I just want to hug my comedian friends. I want to sit and watch their shows. I love going to my friends' shows. Yeah. You know what? You know what the crazy part is when I sometimes I show up to one of my friends' shows and then I'd see someone at the comedy store and they'd say, Oh, I thought you were gonna go up today because you know, and it's just a regular audience member but they see me just sitting there watching my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Which yeah, was, yeah. I was like, Oh, what a compliment. They remember me. Yeah. But um, I loved going to their shows and buying the two drinks. <laughs> I, miss, <laughs> I miss that. I miss, I miss the alcohol, but here's what's even really weird. I don't know. Maybe I'm something's, I might be broken, but I even miss the smell of bars. Right. The smell of comedy clubs or bars? Just bars. Bars, well, smell of, the smell club, of liquor. I mean, that's a bar with laughs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just smells like liquor. It smells like bar. It, smells that's what like I like. Yeah. yeah, it smells like. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like I miss it. Yeah. Something about that old beer smell. I kind of miss that. I don't know. Someone should make a cologne. The old beer cologne smell. Well, I don't know if you want to sleep with that. Like I don't know if you want to like be intimate with it. You just like it. Just reminds you of a club. <laughs> But yeah, you know what? And I'm excited. Walking around all day smelling like old beer. <laughs> that's like, probably eh, not a good idea, that's right? That's what it is. It smells like old beer. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'm excited about my son starting kindergarten. Oh, so tell me about, okay. So when he's starting this next- uh, Yeah, in August. That's, yeah, kindergarten. Oh my God. That is such an awesome time. It's an experience, right? It's like, good, I would and so. you're going to love it. Yeah, I think so. You're going to have more time during the day. Oh my God. Oh, thank God. Um, but this it's so my kids have been um doing this distance learning now <laughs> for a, it's a year. It's basically a year. Yeah. And we're I think we might be going back April or something like that. Uh already? Or two only two days out of the week. Okay. But we are looking forward to that. Oh my God. <laughs> You're like, here's a mask. Here's some hand sanitizer. Go. <laughs> there, there's like, there's parents who are kind of like, oh, we don't, 
we don't want to send our kid back to school yet. I'm like, what? <laughs> but we're liberal. Kid back to school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The dynamic trying, I mean, so you'll, I mean, you'll see, you'll hit it, but the dynamic between a teacher trying to get a child to do work and a parent trying to get a child is totally different because your parent already, they want to fight you about things. (laughs) And then you're going to go, oh, this is how you do long division. Yeah, right. Get the Oh, and don't you find yourself being more impatient? Like, okay, I cannot teach my own kid. I know I can't because you know why? You know why? I I will, I will blame myself when he doesn't understand something. Okay. And I will be, I will be like, oh my god, what did I do? Why, why is he not smart? Why is he not getting it? You know what I'm saying? I can't do it. I have to have someone else. That's why there's professions (laughs) called teachers. (laughs) And so the teachers are. You know, it's like they get three or four classes per day, but it's the teachers are just, you know, talking to screen. Like my kid could literally, I don't know what the heck she's doing. She could be clicking on a web browser, looking at the, you know, so I don't know that a kid is actually absorbing everything and you get the curriculum and it's just like, and again, I have good kids, so I'm not, I I don't want to, it wouldn't be, I got to paint a fair picture. They, they do their work, but you know, there's a lot of like, of course, because we remember being kids. Remember when we were kids? Oh, I come on. You just let us sit in front of a computer and look, we're going to do other things. Yes. <laughs> you know what I, I, mean? I, um, I don't know what I'm going to tell my kids. Cause I was a terrible student the whole way through and things turned out fine, but I, <laughs> it's like, I can't really, cause yes, I'm with you. I always wanted to just go outside and ride my bike or my skateboard. That's all I yeah. wanted to do, you know? <laughs> and so now I'm telling my kids like sit down and, you know, whatever. Right. Isn't that funny? Cause we don't like school, but we want our kids to like it. Yeah. We want our kids to do well in school. It, that is weird. It's hypocritical, isn't it? <laughs> but my, but I will say this, my wife was an excellent student. Mm. So she it, had those, um, those strong, what do you call it? Asian expectations put on her. Yeah. Your daughters look mixed. Cause I saw their picture. Yeah. They're mixed. My they wife. Look, they look Hawaiian. Yeah. Well, I, so uh, there was a guy, um, I was hanging out one, one time he was, uh, half Korean and half German. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I didn't know that at the time, but we were talking about my kids. So my wife is originally from Hong Kong. And so it's the, the Hapa kid. Right. Uh-huh. And he goes, um, oh yeah. Mixed kids. He goes, their whole life, everyone's going to think that they're Mexican. <laughs> and then I go, yeah, I guess they kind of look a uh, uh, little Latino, right? And he goes, yeah, <laughs> what do you think I am? And I look at him and I go, um, I don't know, maybe like Mexican or Puerto Rican or something. He's like, nope, Korean and, Korean and German. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? When I was watching you on our show, when we did Good One Comedy, um, I, I remember telling my friend that I thought you did corporate comedy. No, I don't. Have you tried doing corporate comedy? Um, oh God, you just, you're spawning a very deep conversation here. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> I, wow. You know, I need to talk to more people about what their perception is of me because I must've come off as really clean in my set. I, I must've done very clean jokes or something. Because I don't think, 
you're not a blue comic. You're not dirty. No, I am. You are? Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I'm thinking? I, okay. I think, I think I might've went in with my cleanest stuff maybe because, um, I was, I was, because I knew it was streaming and maybe because I knew that, um, there were going to be other New York and LA comics. Maybe I thought I had to bring my most refined, clean thing. <laughs> but, but you know, that- my, sets, my sets like earlier today and another one I did, I kind of were making people cringe with what I was saying. So, okay, let's, um, first off, I appreciate that observation. I never saw that in myself. Oh, interesting. That I could be, that I could be viewed as clean. Yeah. Um, so I've never done a corporate gig and I, I don't think I would ever want to do that. And so here's why man. I, I have a corporate job. Uh, I've been doing, uh, I, I do tech support IT work. Right. But I've been yeah. working in corporations basically since I was 20. Mm-hmm. And so stand-up comedy was a, it's like an escape for, it's a midlife crisis for me to kind of get away from <laughs> the corporate yeah. grind of having uh, to have people watching over you and watch what you say and this, yeah. that, and so I, um, I wouldn't, I definitely, uh, how should I put this? I'm always open to opportunities to do comedy for anyone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I don't, I would never actively look to do a corporate gig, but you do corporate work, right? Do you do corporate work or no? I've done like only during zoom. Okay. I didn't do it before zoom. How do you like you know, it? I, I made more money doing comedy on zoom. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that from so many times. Because people are not paying for overhead or a venue. So they spend the money on the entertainment. Right. But I made my first corporate gig I got, it was a five minute set for $300. Nice. So corporate pays. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I'm an open mic guy though. I don't even know how to get a, a corporate. You gig. just, I found it on, I was in a Facebook group and somebody, somebody posted, they're looking for clean comedy for blah, blah, blah. And then I submitted it. And then she was like, I love your stuff because of the parenting. She was, I like your parenting stuff. It's going to be relatable to people who are working right now. So she booked me and I was like, great. You know what I have? I don't want to say so many, but I could probably go for eight minutes just talking about distance learning. Right. I've written so many jokes. Maybe this is the time. You know what, Lynn? I'm you glad. You have the vibe. Yeah, you have that vibe. The dad, clean dad vibe. You just have it. That's just, that's what I get. That's what I get from you. Okay. I, okay. Well, then I need to just go back and rethink everything. So this is another thing with me. I, and what I appreciate about you and why I want to have the show on the podcast, because I, I do see you promoting. I see you at gigs. I see you doing this and that. And it seems like you have a good business sense about comedy too. I have a terrible business. (laughs) Thank God I'm able to do technical work because if I ever had to go sell anything or market anything, it would be just miserable, a miserable failure. Right. Um, So do you have any tips for kind of newer comics on how to market or promote themselves? You know, self-promotion. See, the thing is, I used to work in marketing. Okay. So I was always big on flyers and promoting and all that stuff. But I understand, though, this is what I always tell people who are newer than I am. Like they're all, um, 
I always tell them that, yes, people will get sick of your flyers. That's just how it's going to be. <laughs> right. But we just have to understand that, like, we are our own PR person. Who else is going to do it? Right. And never apologize for succeeding. Right. Never feel bad because you're succeeding. The more flyers you have, it's because you're killing it, right? Because you have a lot going on to, like, right. to up your career. So um, for me, I don't post a lot of flyers on my Instagram feed. Right. Unless it's a big show, right? Because people don't want to see it. Unless I'm opening for Wanda Sykes, no one gives a shit. Yeah. (laughs) Or I have a show in Vegas or whatever. Then they're like, oh, that's interesting. So I just post it in my stories. Right. Right. And then people can watch the stories and then I'll leave it in the highlights. You know what I mean? By the highlights. Yep. Put it in the highlights. So then if bookers go and wonder if you promote, they see it in your highlights. Cause you also don't want a booker to go onto your page and see that you don't ever put up a flyer. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what I mean? Cause then they're the booker don't, doesn't want to book people who don't promote, but here's the thing too. I, I treat every show like it's a bringer show. Okay. That's smart. Even, even if it's a bringer or not, you know why? Because there's always going to be someone who's half as funny as I am, but yeah. will bring people and guess who they're going to book. Yeah. The one that's half as funny, but will bring people. Yeah. Right. Cause it's a business. I, you're so, that's right. I had this, when I first um, started, you know, they have competitions down in LA. I'm sure you have competitions every week. And I would hear some of these competitions were like, oh, that's a bringer competition. And then it was said as if, oh, we got to look down on it. But then I stopped to think about it after a while. And I go, wait a minute, hold on. If you're doing stand-up comedy, your whole purpose in life is to be a bringer because- (laughs) In life. Or your whole purpose as a comic is, <laughs> right? Because if you think about it, all of these guys are bringers, right? Oh, hell, he's a bringer because everyone knows. Yeah. Sell out same. That's the definition of it. He is yeah. the bringers. He, wherever he goes, people want to come along. And so the concept of a bringer show, I think you really need to embrace that early on. Yeah. Especially when we're new. Yeah. Because, you know, we, when we're new, it's like, until I'm Chappelle and I can post up a flyer on my Instagram and sell out a stadium. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Until yeah. I can do that or I have a PR person doing it for me, I have to do it. Even if I'm, I have two friends at a show, I have to bring some people to the show. Just yep. because, and that's what's, that's why we have to support other comics, you know? I agree. That's why you have to do that because some people don't ever want to go to other people's shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you, you have to because. Yeah. But see that I got to say though, Matt, women are good at that <laughs> for each other. Yeah. I, I think don't know. So. I don't know how men do it, but women for each other, we're very good at like that comedy tribe. Yeah. Guys don't do that. <laughs> I, so I do notice that I have uh, female friends who run female mics or whatever. And, and you yeah. go to those mics and it's like, dang, they got a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And women, women in general, I think men also, this is just me. Okay. I think men, most of the men that I've experienced as a comedian, they are more afraid of rejection than oh. women are. For example, like women will personally invite people. Like I'll send out personal text oh. messages and emails to everybody, right? That yeah. I want to be at my show. And if they don't show up, they don't show up. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. But I have a friend who's a good looking guy, funny comedian, et cetera. And he once told me, he's like, I don't do that because I'm afraid of rejection. <laughs> oh, interesting. 
So he just posts a flyer and hope people show up. Without the, the personal contact. Right. Yeah, but the way to, yeah. If you're connected or you have all these contacts, why not treat it like a mailing list or something? Yeah. And then the if they don't appreciate it, they'll let you know. They'll be like, hey. Uh, Can you take me off this list? Unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, unsubscribe from your mobile phone. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't get that. But then, but then those people just aren't your people and you'll find yeah. out. Yeah. 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 You no, know? like, yeah. yeah. That is a promoting, good. promoting is self-promotion is a, it's a tough one. But yeah. You just gotta do it. Mm-hmm. I gotta do that. Especially cause I have a podcast. I need to get this out. And that's the part <laughs> that grinds is where you try and start making clips. Cause then we're back into the editing window. Yep. Right? Oh, I got to make a clip for that fits Instagram. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, you do. And then you got to hashtag the right stuff and then you got to, <laughs> You know, it's, it, it, it's, I'm telling you, but I like the, what you said, you said it's a business. Also, there's a business sense too. Yeah. 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 Um, I, speaking of hashtagging, I just <laughs> found out today, there's another goddamn social media app. What is it? It's called, um, find me, I think. Oh Lord. I don't know. I can't keep up. I can't keep up. Uh, oh, I just installed it today, but I don't know where the heck I put it. Yeah. I think it was called, um, find me or get find meet me meet me that's an app what is it They're about app. sounds like a dating app it started as a dating app but evidently now it's just like a socializing center where the hell did it go i know i yeah it's meet me i know it's meet me i can't find it but um yeah i found out <laughs> about that today and i go oh god i haven't even done tiktok yet i really I want to do tiktok you don't have to I, I, I have a bit about it, but it's like a 45 year old man doing TikTok. Oh, sweet Jesus. What? That's <laughs> a crime against humanity. <laughs> you know what I, I did start using TikTok for, uh, for comedy. Yeah. Just no. to promote my flyer. Same stuff. Yeah. I have a buddy. I don't know if you bumped into him yet. Joe Begley. Mm. And he, he was doing comedy here in the Bay area. He's back East now, but last year he, um, he put two different, uh, clips from one of his he it was nicely done it was a high production value uh-huh. uh shooting of one of his um one of his sets mm-hmm. and yeah he got he ended up with millions of you i think he's over 10 million actually he's 10 million on his youtube i think his uh wow tiktok went bananas and yeah so he started getting booked and now he's opening for bigger names and whatnot so yeah there's there's a huge upside to it but then you know Old man McCarran has to have another. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> it's too much. It's a lot. There's Clubhouse now. I'm just like, right? Everyone's talking Clubhouse now. There's yeah. Clubhouse. I'm just like, what is happening? I just can't. I was like, I just started getting good at Instagram. You know? <laughs> I I haven't figured out Facebook yet. I'm <laughs> Facebook is boring. It's just all this crap coming at me. And I don't know what, to, I don't want to click on anything. I don't want to. <laughs> It's terrible. It's terrible. That's so funny. (laughs) This has been a blast, my friend. I appreciate (laughs) you joining the podcast. Thank you. Um, We're going to go ahead. We're going to wrap it up, my friends, because uh, we need to get some sleep. We got (laughs) it. It's 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock. So (laughs) what um, I'm going to post up your Instagram and Mm -hmm. um, other stuff. Where is there anything you want to promote? You got a show in Vegas coming up. What are the dates on that? Vegas, March 5th, this Friday. Uh, oh, I don't know if this, I don't know, you know, it's this uh, Friday, 7 PM. Um, okay. and if you just go to my Instagram, you'll see my link tree and all my shows are on there. Nice. So, you know, easy. It's all in one place. 
Sweet. Thank you so much for having me. You're so pleasant. Oh yeah, no, this was a blast. And you know, I think on our show too, you were wearing a white collared shirt. So maybe that's why I thought that you did cor- corporate shows. Oh my God. <laughs> I, that's so funny. I, I specifically put on a collared shirt on. <laughs> I go, I told my wife, I said, I'm doing a show. I'm going to put on my collared shirt. I'm going to look good. Look yeah. Real life show. But I was cold. It was in my garage. So I had my big puffy jacket on over it, I think. <laughs> but That's I saw the funny, collared though. shirt. I yeah. did have the button down shirt because I wanted to get the feel for a real. <laughs> I, I don't know. I went quite a few months without even wearing, you know, jeans. I was just wearing flannel PJs around the house. Of course. So. We, we all still do that. Who's wearing jeans right now? <laughs> who's, who's crazy wearing jeans? But thank you so much, Matt. Yeah. You're so awesome. All right, Lynn, this has been fun.